It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter, two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in, what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, I present to you, Aaron Cheddar Talk Flottam. Hey, John, what's going on, man? Uh, busy weekend. I, uh, I apologize. I'm kind of a little bit out of the loop. I know uh, during one of our uh, one of our split podcasts, we're going to be requiem to the brewer season. But I uh, uh, got to see most of the Packer game. Badger game, did not get to see any of it. I was off playing Army doing Drill Weekend up at Camp Douglas. Beautiful Camp Douglas, Wisconsin, with the bluffs. It is nice, Actually, yeah. Camp Douglas is actually a really beautiful base. If you, yeah. I say that about Fort McCoy, too. Like, if you ever stop back and, like, look at it aesthetically, it's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And just I love hate, there's the for McCoy. Yes. <laughs> there's a small flowage at the north edge off of uh is it by Cranberry Drop Zone? Uh, uh not, yeah, no, way up nice by north north flowage. Yeah, no, I've fished up there many times. And it's, it's wonderful. Because uh, really you rent good. the boat at the campgrounds, yep. they give you a battery, and then you have to go up there and hook the battery into the boat, and you can take the boat out. It's, it's, it's changed up a little bit now. Now okay. they have the boats on a, on a, a skid that you just slide in and stuff like that. But yeah, you All get right. the battery and the electric engine, and you go yeah, up the, there. And yep. Prettiest fish you'll ever catch in your life, man. It's, uh, they're, they're everywhere. You just got to be careful not to hit all the stumps because it's a flowage. <laughs> it is a flowage. <laughs> and then uh, also all the trout streams on uh, Fort McCoy are amazing as well. There's a ton of them. And then, of course, the Lacrosse River starts in uh, Fort McCoy oh, okay. uh, up in the northwest corner and actually flows through the impact zone. And, uh, John, you might remember this when you oh, used to go up right, to range yeah. 31 on the east side. You know, you'd go up the east side of the impact zone. And you'd okay. have range 31, 30, 30 and 31, zero. So that that little uh, flowage that they used to have there at the bridge building site, they actually knocked that out now. And now the Lacrosse River just flows through there. Huh. And so Lacrosse River is actually a class one uh, trout stream. Uh, one of the best trout streams in the state. The problem is you can't fish about three miles of it because <laughs> it goes right through the heart of the North Impact Zone at Fort McCoy, which is so, where they fire artillery, by the way. For right, exactly. Who know. And so, uh, so you want to get on the southwest corner of that, and then uh, <laughs> it actually turns to Class Two, not too much further than that. So the best part of the stream is right through the middle of the Impact Zone. Probably. Also, a ton of deer out there too, because the deer know where the artillery lands, and they'll take the, they'll take their chances on a stray artillery round over uh, a hunter any day. So, they can hear it, I'm yeah. sure. All right. The other thing we should say before well, we get going too far, it, though. That's when you're in trouble. Right, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> we should mention that we are both on Twitter. And, in fact, the show itself is on Twitter, at Pod. You can follow me, at NotSoHumbleHost. And, Aaron, I, I gave it away at the top of the screen, or the top of the show again. What is what is your Twitter handle? Uh, John, I am at CheddarTalk, at CheddarTalk. Um, your son loves me. Mm-hmm. He loves he loves everything though, so <laughs> sorry sorry I had to womp his butt in our uh, Happy Sunshine League this week for fantasy football. That's yeah, the weirdest so, league ever. It but... is the weirdest league ever. So I put together a weird league this year that just has incredible accelerators for if your yeah. if your player plays really well. So Josh had uh, uh, Josh Allen this week, and he had his massive game, and so he was worth seventy one points. Yeah, he's huh. still not going to beat me though because I had Eckler and Chubb, so. <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, your, your wife Holly is is gonna beat the pants off me this week. So, but uh, I'm in a different a room fun... than her, so it's okay. 
Yeah, because Waller. If, didn't if play. you actually stop and look at how the points work, it would be a really fun league to bet on because you would have to absolutely just pick explosive players. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't put you couldn't have Joseph uh, Deguara on your team. Just, That's not going to happen. <laughs> Josiah Dequar on your team. He's yeah. not going to do that. However, okay. comma, you might want to take Watson in a, in a, if we were to make it a deeper league, because that guy at some point, if they don't bench him in the third period, um, <laughs> might actually be worth something. So anyways, I'm <laughs> sorry, right. a little salty. Sure. Let's move on to the Packer game. John. Let's do at that. Cheddar talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to take care of all of that in the segment of the show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. Packers are going to be the big part of our main event. We're going to start there, and like we, we've talked about, we're, we're kind of splitting this up, and I think we liked how it worked last week, so we're going to – because there's just so many things right now. Well, this time it's this time of the year, too, so especially. you know, Yeah, especially with and the – And if, if the Brewers would have made the playoffs, then we'd – Yeah, I mean, it would have been way out there. For the next couple of weeks, but yeah, no, this makes sense. Let's for do now, football for one podcast, do everything else in the other podcast. So. Uh, we're going to start with the Packers. Um, Aaron, I have big feelings. Right now. Yeah, right. We, we all do. Aaron was was we were texting some after the game. Aaron obviously was he was going through some army stuff at the time too. Uh, but yeah, we're just this is so dumb. It's just dumb. Just, we're just watching stupidity. It's it's just. It is an unbelievable group of, of, of nonsense here. Like the collection of idiocy that has to combine is just it, it's so, so, it's galactic. So the Patri- it is galactic. It is. It is. It is uh, galactic in size. The week before, you could kind of explain it away like, oh, it's Bill Belichick, you know. And but when it comes down to it, if you just break it down week to week, what happened this week was the Giants have Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, who played like an NFL quarterback versus zappy yes i mean that's the reason why the packers won last week because they had third string bailey zappy out there and uh, a, a conglomerate of um uh just misfit toys maybe may, 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 uh, stevenson is a good running back so i mean he's yes. kind of comparable not comparable to saquon barkley but in this role in this dialogue maybe yes they have a really good running the, back not that he and the combination of him and harris together is right. is very good. It's not quite as good as our combination, but it's it's very good as a combination yes. game that they can do whatever they want. But yeah, I mean, this is two straight weeks in a row of horrible team. Like the the Giants are now four and one. How they are four and one, I'm not quite sure. But the Packers definitely should have beat them. I mean, if you would, yeah. I, because I was at Drill Weekend, I actually listened to the pregame show because I had to be up at six o'clock on Sunday morning for SRP. Uh, that's an acronym that applies to less than one fifth of 1% of the entire population of the United States. I understand soldier <laughs> readiness, soldier readiness processing. So I was running down to New Lisbon from Camp Douglas to get coffee. And I was listening to the pregame show and James Jones flat out said, this team is three and one. They are the record of who they play against. Like this should be a route. He's like, no, I said that last week. Let's hope I'm not wrong. James Jones was wrong. And he's very good, generally speaking. He yeah. is. Yeah, he is. Like, James Jones is grounded, man. Like, he's not a homer. He's sort of a homer, but he's a grounded a little homer. Bit, but for sure. The big thing is, I think he looks at this team and sees who they are and sees the sum of their parts, and mm-hmm. he hasn't quite gotten to the point of, of being so willing to say that this team is not the sum of their parts. No. Yeah, uh, true. Just, I want to get the, the breakdowns at half and everything, but I mean, like, 
Rodgers ends with 222 yards and a 96.3 uh, rating, which all looks great. But mm. like all of this first half, right? It feels like almost all of this first half. There's a stretch to start the second half where they just it was back to back three and outs, and and he threw deep, I think four times. It was three or four, four times. times. Well, because one of the the first three and out was was it the first three and out or the second? Either way, there was a series of plays where they went three and out where he hucked the ball over 25 yards downfield to covered receivers, then came back and on first down of the next drive, no, so that would have been the second three and out. He just threw three hero balls. And then he came out on first down and threw another hero ball. And then obviously like something hit somebody, either Lafleur or him, like this isn't working. Like, like we're losing this game on this one. And then on the next play, they checked it down to either Cobb or Degura. I mean, Cobb was having a huge first half. Cobb was looking like Cobb of old. And they were making smart precision plays. And then there was like a, a series a three and out and that it was a four straight plays. It was a three and out. I don't know if it was the first one or the second one that started the second half, but that it had to have been the second one because the next one they actually made a first down, but there was four straight hero balls in a row. Yeah, and they weren't even close. Just like at the end of the game, the last two plays at the end of the game, sorry to spoil the ending, spoiler <laughs> alert here, but uh, I mean, those two tip balls, like, first of all, how often does Aaron Rodgers get intercepted? Not that often. Pick six, not that often. This has happened already this year a lot. And then, Tip balls. Like he had two tip balls at the end of the game. He threw Aaron Rodgers never has tip balls. He threw it directly into uh two times. I mean, like those last two plays, they were like, We're gonna blitz, we're gonna blitz. He doesn't have so he doesn't have time to try to pick it apart. And they were run pass. Like they were they were legitimately run pass. So it was mm-hmm. just it's crazy to, to watch him do that. Cause th- yesterday the Packers did not have a single play where they handed the ball off and got less than two yards. Right. Not once. Well, and they had Jones, third and two, Jones was aver- fourth Jones and two. Averaged, what was Jones' average? Six? Like, yards it's just over six. And, and like CJ, we get the- or, uh, Dylan was, um, why was I going to say C.J. Tucker? I don't, I don't know. know. That That's was a fun. weird one. I don't even know who C.J. Tucker is. Um, but uh, Dylan, Dylan was, was like four and a half a carry, right? Something like that. I, I can look it up. I, w- I wanted to say, though, I was wrong. I'm double-checking this. It felt like a three-and-out. The Packers actually started the first drive of the second half. Uh, they had a 17-yard pass. Uh, then they, they ran for three, and then there was a penalty to give them a first down, and then there was that, that pass to Cobb on the sideline to get a first down. Um, yeah, then after that, first first and 10 of the Giants, uh, 38. They get you know the two-yard run, and then incomplete deep. Timeout. Rogers sacked. That was as close as we got to scoring uh, until they decided to run the ball out of their own end zone. You know, um, and that was the only drive in the second half where the Giants did not score. They controlled the ball by running it. There were not a lot of possessions in the second half. Like uh, Giants took the first drive, they went fifty-six yards, kicked a field goal. Second drive, mm-hmm. they go ninety-one yards, get a touchdown. Next drive, sixty yards, touchdown. And then the safety where they downed it three times, and then. Let their punter run wild out of the end zone. I was like, "All right, <laughs> just uh, th- so there's so, nobody." So, so Aaron scared. Jones was Aaron Jones was thirteen to sixty three, thirteen for sixty three and a four point eight average, and AJ Dillon was six for thirty four and a five point seven average. But they only ran the ball nineteen times between the two of them. So there you go. I just insane. It's just insane. Just the the idea is it's like we yeah getting. 
all these yards from these guys and just just great plays from the running game. And when we needed the thing at the end there, we didn't run it at all with the opportunity to win the game. Um, or at least tie the game at that point. We, it would have been you going for tie. And the worst part is some people on Twitter are like, oh, do you go for two here? I'm like, of course you go for two because we're going to lose otherwise. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I mean, in, in the long and the short of it just too is that uh, – uh, Rogers got outplayed by Daniel Jones down the stretch, oh, and yeah. I even put a tweet out yesterday that and I said I don't I don't like to get into hyperbole too often, but honestly, second half I could have done what Aaron Rodgers did, except maybe not throw the ball as far. Yeah, like yeah, he no. really did nothing. He did absolutely nothing. Like you would have been better off having me at quarterback because at least then I would have been handing the ball off. You know, like. Yeah. I, I, that's hyperbole and that's that's stretching things but it's not that far off like that is 75 percent a true statement so yeah he wasn't I, doing was just uh, he was playing hero ball yet again just absolute hero ball and not only that but we talked about it too and so amari rogers is done on this team um oh, geez, either yeah. his talent either his talent wasn't good enough or he was mismanaged entirely Christian Watson was on the sideline from mid third quarter on. And I, I don't know what he did wrong because he didn't drop anything. He was hurt. <laughs> um, there was, was a hamstring. Yeah, okay. there was a hamstring. So they took his helmet and he was sitting on the sideline. Okay. Um, I, so, I, yeah. I was watching. I was, I did the entire game on my phone. So I apologize. Yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> sitting at a processing station somewhere in central Wisconsin. <laughs> but. But okay, well, thanks for clearing that one up. Yeah. I didn't know that one yet. <laughs> um, but either way, it was just, it didn't seem good. And, you know, dubs is cool and all. Like, I love dubs. I'm big on dubs. But I mean, he is still a fourth round rookie. Like, he is not the savior of this team. And the fact that they decided in that weird series between the third and fourth quarter to just hero ball it. By they, I mean Aaron Rodgers, and not yeah. just give it to Jones. Your two best mm -hmm. offensive weapons are Dylan and Jones, mm -hmm. and it's not even close. You know, Cobb's nice. Cobb had a really good game yesterday. I'm glad to see he's come back, you know, not be injured. He looks like Cobb of old. That's cool. You should have just stayed with those three, you know. <laughs> I think there's not the two things that killed us in this game that I that I really feel here are, are first off. The offensive adjustments were terrible. We moved away from everything that was working into things we knew would not work. And I don't know why we did that. Here's here's the stuff. Uh, Rob Domofsky was writing this, and here's his stats. Uh, in the first half, Rodgers was throwing three and a half yards uh, average depth of target and had 75% completion rate and two touchdowns. In the second mm -hmm. half, he was throwing 12.1 yards downfield. Jesus. Um, and 47% without a touchdown. I mean, even Josh Allen doesn't throw that. Well, and Josh Allen has a good deep ball. Aaron doesn't right now. He no. just doesn't. So, I mean, like, that's, that's the other part is, what, what do we say all the time? Tom Brady's greatest asset is his understanding of who he is. Yeah, and, and, his, and, his pocket management and his timing. He does not hold on to the ball. He it's knows gone. he's not an athlete. He's never been an athlete. Go back and watch his... Uh, his tape again from the combine. Mm -hmm. 
He's just some dude for the most part. He like he is not an impressive oh. specimen of athleticism. Hey, so so we're gonna sidebar here for a second. Okay. Um, if if you haven't yet, get back a little bit on my uh, Twitter timeline. There is a a TikTok conspiracy theory about Tom Brady, about what's going on right now, and it's has to do with being that Giselle is a white witch, <laughs> not a dark witch, and that. <laughs> She has been casting positive spells on him hmm. since they've met each other. And now that everything's gone down, she has stopped casting positive spells on him. And that's why he's getting gaunt and looks, you know, old and what? is not playing as well. It's it's that's from uh, uh, Sportsbook Nation. Go go back on my timeline a little bit. It's about a week ago and read it. It's I, hilarious. I'm have to. That and, sounds amazing. And it, it basically is prefaced as... I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but this is a conspiracy theory I want to believe in. <laughs> want to believe it, yeah. Want to believe in. Sorry. If there's so anything too that is like especially fun is when you see like they have those kind of uh, comic book type animations for the players, you know? Yeah. Um, the Tom Brady one is the most ridiculous whatever. Because right. in it, he has gigantic arms. Like he is a defensive right. lineman. You're like, he's some skinny, weird looking guy. Come on, man. <laughs> like right it's so no. great but 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 rogers you're de- you're 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 spot on like that dude needs to look at some brady tape and go here's what needs to happen especially with the young receivers uh, i was good to see tanya and, and degura uh getting some play time yesterday a little bit at least but uh i mean it's it's got to be timing it's got to get the ball get the ball out and i mean we've been screaming about this for 6 years john is that's oh, like, yeah. that, that we've been doing this podcast i wrote an article on his average depth of target probably 5 6 years ago when he was mm-hmm. still with mccarthy it was like the deep ball kills him uh he's not as good throwing deep he should throw short right. tom brady even back had the people... lowest a dot in the league and was was just killing people with it you're like yeah Throw the it year that the, year that the Packers won the Super Bowl, people don't remember that. Like Rogers did have a good deep ball back then. Oh yes, yes, absolutely, one hundred percent, he did. But he didn't throw it deep all the time. He threw the things that are missing, things that he used to do. Remember the back shoulder? He invented the back shoulder with Greg Jennings. Well, at least he he was he, better I mean, at it than anyone else. In, we saw. He didn't in, he didn't invent it. Yeah, I know he, that's a little hyperbole, but yeah, no, you're you're dead on. Yeah, but he made it a thing. Him and Greg Jennings killed people with that. Him and Jennings, mm-hmm. Nelson, James Jones to an extent, and and Devontae Adams when he first came up, because Devontae Adams is on the back end of that that group. But yep. like they used to do things like that, like throw receivers open. Now he's just hucking balls deep. He doesn't throw anyone open. He he's doesn't no, try. No he's touch just out forcing there. it in there. And then after the game, oh duh, 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 duh. like that. And not only that, he's like losing it like mentally in the locker room too. Like you hear his press conferences. Like he used to be sharp and witty. Now he's just I, I don't know what it is. Sarcastic. It's, he's like a teenager now, like giving right. an interview. You're like, okay, man, just just it's like just it's, it's like Adam Levine's uh Twitter or direct dm thing that went down a couple weeks ago it's like it's, that's how you talk it's like, sometimes with you know even like look back at Favre towards the end at at these points there's nobody who's telling aaron Rodgers what to do how to be or that he's wrong mm-hmm. like brett Favre, you hate to say it but after his dad passed away there was no one else in his life who told him he was being a jerk like his mm-hmm. his wife was wonderfully supportive of him to a fault his brother mm-hmm. lived on his his image, and his mom was just there to fully support him 100 percent. And his dad was the guy who's like, 
Brett, shut up. You know, <laughs> you know. And not Aaron Aaron has not had anybody like that for a no. while now. And I don't think he's gonna listen to LaFleur right now. He's not um, gonna listen to Blue of Earth. Yeah. Or you know. He's it, it it's I'll tell you this. I, I have never bought an Aaron Rodgers jersey. I don't own one. I have a couple jerseys. I got a BJ Raji one because I always make the joke, um, I'm a very fat-looking Aaron Rodgers, but I'm a super skinny-looking B.J. Raji. There you go. Uh, yeah. no, I was like, wear de- defensive lineman jerseys because I, I also just I like defensive linemen. But um, I just didn't also because the the I think the hero worship of Brett Favre led to all of the other Brett Favre issues down the way. And I think that we needed to start off being aware that we were going to have to be critical of Aaron at some point. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody else listened to me, obviously, but I mean, it's, I think that that's the big problem is like, we have, we have enabled this. We have wanted this. We have told him he's the greatest quarterback of all time, surrounded by other great quarterbacks. I mean, he played against Peyton Manning, who by the way is better, who was a better quarterback than Aaron is. And, you know, Tom Brady, who, I don't know, we can make that argument. Um, I think it's really an argument. You could say Brady's the better quarterback and, you know, there's no way to say you're wrong particularly, but you know, th- there's an argument there at least. But I just think like the biggest part is he's just at that part of his, his career where he wants to do it his way. He's convinced that his way is the only way. And he also remembers what he used to be able to do. And he wants to do that. He's like, man, I used to kill with deep balls. Remember when that was going on? That was awesome. I can do that. No, you can't. Tom Brady knew when, when he lost all of that. Uh, and mm-hmm. and he just they just ran something so he didn't have to do that. He still throws deep right. some in Tampa, but he's bad at it. The Packers should have picked him off five times uh, two years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. the ball went right into their hands. They just dropped it, and then it popped up in the air, and they turned into touchdowns. It was terrible, but he's not. I mean, the, yeah. the, the encapsulation of Aaron Rodgers is now in his career was the last play of the game when they still had one shot at a Hail Mary. And then Bacteria jumped offside. So they had another shot at uh, Hail Mary. And he tried to do the thing they did in Detroit where he like ran around and scrambled. And they only rushed three and he couldn't get away from them. Yeah. Well, the he other. Did, it looked really sad. Like it was like he was trying to like do the thing where he runs from one side to the other. And eventually they just caught him because he's not elusive anymore. And I, I would have actually liked to see him actually try and uncork that ball. Because I don't think because he would have had to throw that ball sixty five yards. Yeah, in the I air. don't think he could have done it. No, I don't think so either. But even the even the the Detroit yeah. Hail Mary that was sixty five running forward, you know, mm-hmm. like unabated. Yeah. yeah. So the other thing that I think encapsulates his 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 currentness, I guess, if that's the best way of nominalizing that. It, it's not a word, but it is a word now. Speaking yeah, his, his current state of being uh, is the fourth down play. I mean, there's a clear play where it could just go inside, and it was clearly a run-pass option because Josh Myers destroyed the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, he pushed him four yards deep into the end zone. So it was a run-pass option, and Rodgers obviously knows where the blitz is sees Dobbs is cutting straight across the middle has the ability to just hand it off mm-hmm. and says no 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 we're throwing it and I'm throwing it to Lazard because he's my dude and then Lazard goes, and, and in the post game said oh, I was gonna go big man ball you didn't even throw it high enough to be a big man ball like, yeah it really yeah. wasn't and he wasn't open 
Like yeah. you're just you were just guessing. But by the way, Dobbs is open on the the slant across the middle, and you could have just run. Like he could have handed it off to the giant guy who was getting four yards a carry. Right. And so so I guess the question is, whose end of the game ball was worse, Russell Wilson's on Thursday night or Aaron Rodgers on Sunday morning? <laughs> Because they were both disastrous. Aaron had two of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's did, you see that like... about, did you see that about the uh, the betting line about no uh, no touchdown score in the game? No. And that if you would have bet that on Thursday, somebody on uh, DraftKings bet $100 on that and walked away with uh, $35,000 or whatever it was. Oh, good for them. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, good for that. That's, that's yeah. nice. Insane, insane betting line. Because I look at some of those betting lines sometimes. And I'm just like, oh, God, like, am I going to put money on that? Am I going to put a, Am I going to put money on the fact that no points will be scored in the third quarter? That's 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 plus fourteen hundred right there. Yeah, that like, sounds you like you know a problem. <laughs> yeah, no, like no, but the, but, but you know, but that's what that's where you always hear about it too. Like this dude dropped a hundred dollars on no points being scored in the third quarter. It's like, you know, these two teams are terrible. It's like maybe, maybe, maybe it might maybe. happen. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's crazy. Or who's going to score the first touchdown of the game? That's the one that I always sit and stare at for a while. Like I'm like, <laughs> <sighs> am I doing this? I'm doing. Not doing this. Not doing this. Not going to play yeah. this. One. Oh my god, it's plus six fifty. <laughs> <laughs> like if I just put a dollar on this game ending in a tie, I'll make fourteen dollars. Well, it's like I put. Uh... Just on a lark, I put two dollars on the Texans winning the South. By the way, the yeah. Texans beat the Jaguars this week too, so that was crazy. Yeah. But yeah, fun little weird bets like that. If you got the money and you don't mind losing it, it's fun to be able to say something crazy like that. Yeah, I know, and especially in my New York case where we don't spend. By the way, just so anyone's listening, like we're not throwing down hundreds of dollars on bets. We're putting like menial amounts on bets just for oh yeah S's and S and G's. But like you said, if what if you yeah. put two dollars on them winning the South, what is that like? It's fifty-two dollars payout, so you you're make, 50, make you make fifty, 50 bucks, bucks off two bucks. So I mean, yeah. Then everyone go, "Why would you put two hundred on it?" Because I don't want to put two hundred dollars. That's crazy. Why would I do that? Yeah, yeah. I don't because I like staying married to my wife. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. My wife, my wife too. She's like, "You and John are betting now," and I was like, "Yeah, I spent twenty bucks this weekend on two things, and I ended up making forty-three dollars." So it's hey, okay. yeah, nice. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So it, it's it's a lot easier to explain to your wife that you put ten dollars on two things and walked away with forty three dollars. So yeah, I oddly I make way more on hockey than I do on football. Football. Gets I don't know how I don't know how you bet hockey. Hockey's stupid. Oh, it's so good because every game is three to two. No, <laughs> see, like you can either bet the money. I don't. We're, we'll talk about that offline. Nobody cares about okay. our hockey betting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, your hockey betting, because I'm not betting. They don't hockey. care about my hockey betting, but hockey betting. Back is to football. Sorry. Where were we? Yeah, it's yeah, also sorry, a way sorry, to get but... my wife to let me watch hockey all day. <laughs> 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 but, um, oh, man, I just this is a game they should have won. This is one that's going to haunt them and they're not yeah. going to learn from it. That's still going to be the most frustrating part about this is right. they're not going to learn a thing from this. They're going to be like. It's because we, I guess we just didn't care about the trip and we should have put more attention on it. Like, no, it's because you didn't know what you were doing. Because the second thing that bothered me, like I said, the first one was we threw short in the first and then we got stupid in the second. We're like, you know what? We don't have to keep doing the things that work. Let's do things that don't work. The whole second half was doing the things that didn't work. The defense was 
none of this is working. Stay the course. That right. is exactly what Joe Barry's defense is. It's like, none of this is working. Just hang tight, guys. This is going to work. Like, no, you it just, is so you just, frustrating. You just nailed it on the head, too. It will be explained away as, oh, it was over to London, blah, blah. You were up 20 to 7. Shut up. Yeah, it was it was twenty seven. You give up the the field goal before half. It's twenty to ten at halftime, and then you, you lose seventeen nothing or seventeen to two points. The only points you scored was because they decided to run out of their end zone, right? Like on purpose. They meant to do it. It wasn't it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't a, a Norlovsky or you know a, what's his face <laughs> the, uh, Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't accidentally run. They meant to do it. They were running around. Well, they intentionally did that to kick the ball back to you, spotting you two points, knowing you wouldn't score five. Yeah. Yeah. Because you hadn't done anything. I almost swore. I, I almost swore you haven't done anything. Time. You haven't done anything since uh, midway through the second quarter. And yeah. they were right. And I mean, and now they're going to go up against the surprisingly three and two um, Jets on saturday or on sunday because the packers decided not to take a bye after the london week because i don't know i don't think it's up to them i don't know no they said that that was a choice if you take the as the home team if you take the international game and lafleur even said he's like it was too early in the season to take the bye so that's because if you think about it uh most teams do take the bye after the international week now Should. the vikings didn't this week either they ended up playing and barely beating barely. the bears God. and uh i think the saints even played this week too didn't they no the yes saints, i think yes th- they okay did. so the so yeah that was the, i think there was an anomaly that nobody has taken the bye so far this week after an international game because the hmm. giants are playing this week too i believe no, the Giants know. have this. The Giants took this week off. Well, no, no, they're playing home against Baltimore. Oh, okay. so but, but for but for New York, basically, a plane flight to London is like a plane flight to LA. So it's not that much different, anyhow. Um, but yeah, so they're going to go up against the Jets, uh, the third team, three weeks in a row that they should just have uh, boat raced and beat by thirty points. But I can guarantee you, right now, it's going to be an S show. And yeah. it's going to come down to the wire yet again, and there's going to be bad play by Aaron Rodgers. And um, I'm just glad that the Packers went out of their way to acquiesce to everything he wanted and now will be in financial straits for the next three years, even if they let him go at the end of the year. So, no, the, those those are all fake numbers. I don't believe any of them anymore after the last several years. I just I have trouble. Uh, yeah. Packers defense right now, DVOA 23. Their offense stays up at eight, which doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, the Jets' defense is slightly better than the Packers right now at 21. Yeah. And the Jets' offense, though, is 20th. All right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, like you said, this is a team we should beat. But this this offense is actually, I'm sorry, no, this defense is rated as better than the the Giants' defense. Mm-hmm. Currently. that That's even with them beating up on Rodgers this last week. Uh, Jets at 25, or probably the Giants 25, Jets at 21, Packers are in the middle at 23. I, I, I need to see something before I believe in anything on this team right now. Um, right. Rodgers doesn't have great touch this year. He's not showing it. Uh, they quit on he's the run. He's being an obstinate old man. He looks like a weird old man, too. Like He's getting that like skinny, old, weird old man thing going on. Yeah. And his hair isn't helping the thing either. So. They need to, at points, they just need to kind of take out, and I'm just sighing constantly throughout this, I know. 
but just take <laughs> away the run pass option. Why are you doing run pass option? I know it's cute and kitschy and, and it works in many ways, but Aaron's just it's just calling a pass play. I right. mean, almost entirely. It's like eighty percent calling a pass mm-hmm. play. If you want to call a pass play, call a pass play. I don't, I don't know. And you know, maybe just break the huddle earlier and then you could go out there and if you need to change it to a run play, change it to a run play. I mean, you have the ability to audible. You just don't because we walk up to the line with eight seconds left as if that's an advantage to us in some way, which it's not. But um, this defense is just the most infuriating thing ever. Uh, I'm following this, aren't you, John? I'm following the new, uh, I found this Twitter one. It's uh, Truthy Joe Barry. And it's uh, the Truth Serum Joe Barry is what he's called. I'm just following that one. He's, uh, He's responding to all the hatred right now. And uh, letting everybody know that he's he's out there. So I don't know. It's just he. I, I said this, and Andy Herman even I think liked this one. He something he was saying about it, and I said he's got a he's got a, a sports car. He's got a, he's got a race car, and he's driving a twenty five and a thirty five zone. I mean that's what's going on. He's got all this first round talent, all these free agents. He's got all pros at all three levels, right? And you're just like, I don't know what to do with this. Why don't I just? Play vanilla, kind of rush four, maybe three, leave everybody back in zones. I mean, I know I have all pro corners who are great leave, press leave, coverage. Leave Quay, let Quay Walker just uh, – Quay Walker looking he's, lost at most He's point. standing yeah. back five yards behind the line of scrimmage waiting for something else to happen. I don't know if he's slow or if that's the play call. No, that's what James Jones was p- picking out too. He's like – James Jones said that pregame too. He's like, I don't know what's going on with Quay Walker. Like his attack – is fast and it was early on and during training camp. And nowadays yeah. he's just standing, just like you said, five yards deep, waiting for it to come to him. It's like strength. he's not then- attacking like, like Joe. You know what? And it's it, I. You know it's 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 like you know we 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 went down the rabbit hole probably about three months ago about how <laughs> we went um, somewhere three months ago. Co- yeah. Coaches coaches who aren't there's there's no innovative coaches anymore. They're all it's it's all nepotism. Oh, and yeah, no one has an original thought anymore. And their whole entire thing is just not to get in trouble and to not do anything innovative, you know? And that's why when the McVeigh's come along, you know, and McVeigh was innovative and kind of started some, you know, started a new network of things, but all, but, but with every level that comes down from McVeigh is watered down. And so yeah. Barry's just one of those ones too, is where he was a safe pick at defensive coordinator. You don't want to go out of your way to like, take this innovative dude who's out at South Dakota state or something like that, that might try and do something because, you know, we just don't want to get fired here. You know, like if I pick that guy and he blows up in my face, I'm going to get fired. But if I pick Joe Barry, it's like, well, he was a safe pick, you know, and you know, we pay, you know, I didn't have to convince anybody, you know, and it's, it's like you said, what, what team did Joe Barry, what, where was he <laughs> defense coordinator that they stunk at? Well, he was a defensive coordinator with the lions. Right. The 0-16 Lions. And why was the he defensive coordinator Lions, yeah. there? Do you know who the head coach was? His father-in-law. Yeah. And do you know what happened when he got fired from the Lions? Because he got fired because his coach got fired. His father-in-law yeah. got fired, so he lost his job. He got hired by Jay Gruden, who's his best friend. to go. Oh. To, no, it was... I'm sorry. He got hired by John Gruden because Jay Gruden's his best friend. And then later on, he went to go be Jay Gruden's coach, his defensive coordinator in Washington when he went there. He's, yeah. His dad was a coach and coached with the Lions. He came up through college in the NFL with a guy who coached the 1990 uh, Colorado Buffaloes team. 
Uh, and because his dad was a coach and then coached in the NFL, he was able to get into the NFL. He is friends with these people. People are like, oh, look, he learned was it he learned Wade Phillips defense from like a guy who coached under Wade Phillips. He's like three generations removed from Wade Phillips. And right. <laughs> yeah, I, why not just hire Wade Phillips at that point? He's 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 some guy who learned it third hand. Uh, Wade, Wade Phillips got his start because his dad was bum Phillips. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, but Wade yeah. Phillips has been a rather interesting and innovative Defense and, and how many, and how many times do you say how many times do you say Shanahan or um, Gruden in that sentence right there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, yeah, McVeigh ended up like he's a guy who kind of worked his way up the ropes, but he ended up on staffs with you know Gruden's and Shanahan's, right? And that's how he gets there. And then of course he yeah. brings along on his stuff, uh, uh, Lafleur. The 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 Lafleurs, both the Lafleur. Oh yeah, and, that's right. Uh, yeah, his brother's out and, there too. Uh, S- S- Saleh, what, what's his name? The, oh yeah, Salah or him? Salah. Salah, yeah, Salah, yeah. the Jet, Jets coach who will be playing next week. Yeah, so he's. Oh, that's right. Lafleur's brother is the offensive coordinator of the Jets. Yeah. Well, there we go. Well, anyways, this but, should be <clears> some <throat> great offense then. <laughs> right, but anyways, yeah, just so Joe Barry's. It's yeah, it's just here we go again, you know. And in the meantime, Nathaniel Hackett can't. Hackett as a head coach with the Broncos, but I mean, he should. Why didn't it's okay to be an offensive coordinator sometimes? We talked about this last week. Like, why did he leave? Yeah, you want to know one of the big things that's keeping minorities out of coaching? It's everybody just hires their buddies. It's such a weird, nepotistic uh, fraternity kind of thing. Like they're all either buddies or family or both. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so it's it's just they're it's stifling the growth of the NFL It's stifling innovation in the NFL. It is keeping out the smartest guy in the room by hiring your buddy. And it, it kills teams and it kills coaches. Cause the number of like, um, even if we, you know, moving into the Badger stuff, Paul Christ wouldn't fire his buddies. Right. You know, he wouldn't get rid of his buddies. And you're like, that's, and that's actually when we talked on this podcast, one of the things I really liked about Mike McCarthy is when things start going badly, he fired his buddies, brought in Dom Capers, who he had no connection with, and it <laughs> right. changed the defense entirely. He's like, I got to go a completely different way. Well, I'm sorry. McCar- McCarthy had his days. He ran his yeah. course. It got a little, got a little, it got a little weird at the end, but uh, McCarthy, prime McCarthy was good McCarthy. Yeah. And he did that, which coaches don't do, you know, like, right. so good for him on that one. Um, that's what I was like, but. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with the Jets. I wouldn't. I mean, if we're going to go back to betting, I wouldn't put a dime on this game because I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know this Packer team week to week. I just don't. I'd put a dime on the Jets <laughs> just because I. Yeah. I don't know. The Packers have shown nothing this year that would that that would tell me, oh, they're going to run away with this one. It looked like they were going to run away with the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like came right out the gate. And I even t- turned to Romeyer, the guy sitting next to me, and I said, hey, dude, watch this. This is going to be just like when uh, he dropped five touchdowns on the Bears to start a game. And then it just stalled. It stalled hard. I'm yeah. like, and all of a sudden, we're all just like, wait, what the hell's going on here? Like, the 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 Giants can't adjust that fast. Yeah. Like, there's, there's well, no adjusting to it. And it was the Packers that were making bad adjustments. <laughs> To, to not do what they were doing and has there and actually you know what john as as teams that bugged us throughout our entire packer <laughs> fandom existence yeah so the cowboys bugged us early and often in the 90s yeah. 
back when bears so, in the eighties, bears in the eighties. I mean, that was, I was barely a, yeah. I, alive, uh, but, but then it was Cowboys. And then recently it's been San Francisco, but the one team that has always just somehow thorned in the side, of the Packers, it's been the giants. Yeah. A couple good uh, playoff series for them. Yeah. So it's yeah. knocked, knocked us out the year after the Super Bowl when the team was 15 and one. Yeah, um, Philbin's son died the day, like a yeah, day or two the before, before the game. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and then uh, beat Rogers in the in that frozen NFC uh, Roger or Favre's last game as a as a yeah. Packer. Um, knocked us out of the playoffs what three years ago? Something like that. Yeah, there've been a couple yeah. of them. We we've gotten them a couple times too, but those ones were pretty heartbreaking. So because most of those games have been taking place at Lambeau Field. At the same time, we wouldn't have a Super Bowl. The, the Packers wouldn't have a Super Bowl championship if the Giants <laughs> would have kicked the ball to uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson, and then the next week lost to the Packers. Which game I was at, oh, and too, that yeah. was that they because that was the week after they after the Matt Flynn Patriots game where Matt Flynn damn near beat the Patriots at home. They're <laughs> at, at at Foxborough, but uh, um, yeah, that was uh, yeah. Then the Packers beat the Giants the next week, and they didn't lose the rest of the season. But you know, if it wasn't for the Giants kicking to Deshaun John, Deshaun Jackson, it would never have happened. So, right. hey, is Deshaun Jackson still playing in the league? By the way, I don't remember. I thought he might have retired this year. I could look it up later, but I'm not going to. I'm going to look it up right now. Um, the only one good thing is a little guy. True. Uh, the one good thing we'll have too is that uh, statistically, Matt Lafleur doesn't lose after losing. He has not lost consecutive games, so there's that going for you in this regard. You know who else? has not lost consecutive games as a head coach. Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard, who once was so motivated <laughs> by uh, Aaron Rodgers, or no, so so motivated by Aaron Flottam tackling him yeah. that he went on to become <laughs> NFL great and then future coach, yes. uh, all yes. because of Aaron here uh, taking him down. Yeah, yeah. It was yep. all me, all me. Yeah, I'm gonna I didn't go, know I'm Deshaun gonna Jackson was a, a – he was, a, he, was Cal, he was Cal too? Yes, yes, yes. Cal Golden Bear? Oh, my God. Anyways, yeah, I know he is currently a uh, uh, free agent, by the way. There so. we go. Anyways. Yes, so Jim Leonard. Yes. There we go. One and Yeah, I love hearing him talk because he sounds like people I know. <laughs> he sounds like people, which Chris he doesn't sounds- sound like people. He sounds like a robot designed by right, some sort exactly. of alien species he, to try to sound like people. A, Paul Chris is a Build-A-Bear. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah. Not we're not trying to trash him on his way out because he was a very good coach. He won an orange bowl. He won a cotton bowl. He was sure. a very good coach. He won a lot of games. It was just getting stale, and he missed big things on the recruiting trail and in terms of doing the things that aren't just coaching. And like you've said, Aaron, sometimes it's okay to be a coordinator. Yeah, whiffed um, on whiffed on whiffed on nil, and yeah. uh, just one hundred percent didn't evolve. And yeah, it's sometimes it's and and lost his ways with from where he had been as an offensive coordinator. Like great offensive coordinator, okay coach that took over an, a good program, and it just you know fell apart. Slowly, Again, slowly, like, a, like a fly in the cupboard. Fly in the cupboard, say. yes. And yes. Um, his dad was also a coach, but at Platteville, so it's a little different thing. So um, I think yes. he did. He was he played at Wisconsin, all that. You know, Leonard played at Wisconsin too. Uh, the biggest thing about this game that uh, gives me any kind of hope here is because I don't think the Badgers are winning the West. I think Purdue's winning the West. Purdue went into Minnesota and beat them up. 
and then went into Maryland and beat them. Not by a lot, but they beat them. And that team hung with Michigan in Michigan for quite a while. Purdue should have beaten Penn State early in the year, too. I think Purdue's the team to beat, but uh, I guess we'll see. The one thing is Northwestern's not good. Like, they're not right. good this year. This year, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Um, they're a better team Jess, at home. Jesse Pats Fitzgerald doesn't have a good team this year? Yeah. No, oh, it hurts me so much. Um, <laughs> we'll say this. I don't like him. Uh, right. Personally, he bothers me. But <laughs> but uh, I'm the sort they'll say I will acknowledge. Uh, he knows how to recruit. And he knows how to build a defense. Uh, he knows how to build a team that he likes. He's doing this at Northwestern. Like Wisconsin has the disadvantage, the fact that they don't use the NCAA minimum for their recruiting academic standards. They have to meet University of Wisconsin academic standards like any other student. And it hurts them. That's why Gary Anderson left is he wasn't getting an exception to allow his athletes to not meet the standards of the university because the University of Wisconsin does not do that. Maryland does. It's actually why, um, what was his name? Uh, Diamond, uh, the kid who went to Maryland for basketball. Uh, he like he was gonna go to Wisconsin the whole way. He was like a five star recruit in basketball, and uh, okay. and and then he went to Maryland, and it was because he kept failing to meet Wisconsin academic standards at the ACT. At least that's what everybody has said. Um, he didn't say that, but it seems like he took the test three times after, or two times, or three times, whatever. But after the last test, he announced he was going to Maryland the day after the test results were released. So we have a very good idea. Um, but Wisconsin doesn't lower its standards for athletes. And you know what? Northwestern doesn't do that kind of stuff either because they are Northwestern. No. Yeah, Northwestern's got, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, high, higher standards or same standards as Wisconsin? I'd say higher. That That is a that is a top-tier university. Wisconsin is what's known as a public Ivy. It's one yeah. of the public Ivies. I mean, they're below, like, Michigan and schools like that, uh, Cal, Berkeley, whatever. But Wisconsin is a... Is a very very good state university. Northwestern is a very good private university. Um, well, because because of the law school alone at UW uh, Wisconsin, of which you are an alum, that's a big deal, right? It is. It's the top, uh, depending on the year, top thirty to thirty-five univers- uh, law school in the country. It's pretty good, yeah. and I'm guessing yeah. that's behind like thirty-three to thirty-four private schools, right? <laughs> Almost behind you, Michigan is one of the big ones. Actually, behind Minnesota, that's one of the things that they do very well. They have a very good law school at the University of Minnesota. But yeah, then you know Harvard, Yale, Yale's usually number one. Uh, Columbia, all those schools. But yeah, it's a lot of that stuff. But still, you know, Northwestern is something that that Pat Fitzgerald has to you know recruit those types of guys. He does do a very good job of coaching them. I just don't like the way he, he deals with stuff. He screams at everybody over everything. Um, when they win a game where they're favored by 14, he runs out to say, like, nobody picked us. Nobody. It was like, you were literally favored. You were literally mm-hmm. favored by 14 points. Don't tell me you shocked the world when you were the favorite by a big margin. And he does that. And I was like, nah. he's just upsetting. Um, PJ Flex, just a punk. And he's not really, like, exceptional in terms of that stuff. He's, he's, a, he's a rah-rah recruiter guy. Yeah, and it works to a certain extent. I mean, he can get some guys to be very excited about what he sounds like, um, yeah. but his production is, I can finish second to fourth in the Big Ten West, and that's right. kind of where he's been. And if he can't win the Big Ten West, when you know Iowa and Wisconsin are really down right now, 
uh, and ne- Nebraska is about to be sent to the FCS, then <laughs> he's not going to yes. do it. God, I wish Nebraska could get relegated. <laughs> send us North Dakota for, State. We're going to do a one for one. Uh, we're going to send and uh, uh, Nebraska down and bring up Nebraska Omaha. Bring up <laughs> North oh. Dakota State. Yes, the Bison. Yes. But anyhow, the best part about this was Wisconsin did what was supposed to do against a team like this. Shadron State. Bring up Shadron State. <laughs> Uh, bring white water, uh, yeah. but you I mean, know, like, you know, Shad, Shadron's Nebraska, you know. Oh, that's right. You were talking about the they're up in the northwest corner of Nebraska. That's why, anyways. So right. that was a joke. Sorry, but yeah, I mean, here's the other thing. Uh, I want to just start the hashtag uh, free Graham Mertz. Uh, twenty of twenty nine for two hundred ninety nine yards, five touchdowns. Thanks. What? <laughs> like, uh, well, that's what he was supposed to be, John. Right. That's why I said and we and I even said that last week when when uh you know who had a higher QBR than said, him though? Is, is Braylon that? Allen had a higher QBR than him. Well, I know, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's the trickery. That's a trickery. But anyways, yeah, yeah. but like that's I, I said that. I said, you know, that's maybe what was the number one firing point of Paul Chris was the mismanagement of Graham Mertz. Despite all the disappointments, you know, another Chris game where we lost to a team we shouldn't have. You know, right. um, starting off the season, preseason number four, and not even being in the top 25 at the end of the season, that's a pretty fireable offense, too. Yeah. But just Graham Mertz, the first five-star or four-star? Was he five or four? He was a four-star. Four-star. High, highest rated, first, though, yeah. But except for except for Russell Wilson on a transfer, quarterback mm-hmm. that we've ever had at Wisconsin, and is just being absolutely not used. Yeah. And, and it's not... And not used like in the fact that like the, the the mistakes he was making seemed like they were forced mistakes because he didn't know what he was supposed to be doing. One week removed, and you just I'm, I'm sure it was just like just here here's here's the here's the t-shirt gun son, light it up you know here's a potato <laughs> gun put it downfield like just play just play because I ain't got nothing. Like I'm your new interim coach. I might not even be your coach next year. 99% chance he will be. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I might not be your coach next year. Here's Bobby Ingram. Uh, he's been wanting to call these plays, but Paul wouldn't let him. You know, let's just, let's have some fun boys and let's, let's go do it. And exactly. It. And he got to be the four-star recruit he was. And he know, looked so is. confident back there. Uh, they were doing a lot more things. They were letting him throw on, like they kept the offense dynamic and interesting and attacking uh like they did run uh i mean braylon 135 yards he he did get 23 carries i love his thing after the game they said uh how did having bobby ingram on the sidelines change stuff did it change anything for you he's like yeah now i can walk up and tell him to his face to give me the ball more <laughs> it's like all right. right all right uh 135 well, yards on 23 have, carries 5.9 if you've ever carries. been part of a crappy organization with crappy leadership which it did seem I want to use the S word instead, but crappy I'll use instead. <laughs> um, like if you've ever been there and like someone who was good at one point is like not there anymore. And it's just, a, everyone's on pins and needles all the time. That's what I was. That's what I'm dealing with my own work right now in my own civilian life. Like, I'm just like, everyone's on pins and needles. Like, you don't what, like, you're not going to go and perform your best because if you perform your best, you, you I may insult the person that you're working for you're not sure you're not sure what you're supposed to do from play to play from series to series 
and there's like Bobby Ingram's the offensive coordinator, but Paul's running the offense. I'm not sure. And once trust is lost, you can't do anything. And the opposite of, you know, you know, there's trust, there's no trust at all. And then somewhere in between there's a don't give an S uh, level where you just, where, where I think they were like, um, all right, there's, you know, here's, here's the happy neutral, you know? So like, let's just, okay. let's, let, let's have, let's have fun, you know, like, yeah. cause it, this is all house money right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Well, and all the people last week were like, well, this team's just terrible. I don't know what's going on. They've got no talent anywhere. Jameer DK, 10 catches, 185 yards, three touchdowns, 299 yards. From, yeah. Who's that? From dude? Yeah. We've been telling you like, who's that dude? Yeah. Like, I, how many catches did he have going into this game? Ten for I don't the know. season. Something he, he he's been, they've been underused. Skyler Bell looked good. He could have had more catches if they really wanted to. Dean Ingram caught four passes. Uh, Marcus Allen even caught one. Uh, I'd like to see more out of Marcus Allen and Keontae Lewis uh, or Keontez Lewis. He looks fast, like he could be a Gilrey's type, doing things to get these guys the ball. Yeah, uh, these guys were valuable and useful in this game. It was it was great to see, and the the defense or probably the offense looked uh, like they were engaged and like they were hard to read. Because if there's anything that Pat Fitzgerald is getting this team ready for, it's playing defense. And Grammert, man, there was the one touchdown. Um, was it to DK or Bell? I'm trying to remember. He's he's in the pocket. There's a little bit of pressure around. He steps forward and then rolls out to his left. And, you know, again, he's right-handed. Rolling some of the defense, he then flips the ball up over the guy coming at him and over the the uh, corner who's covering uh, DK and hits DK just in stride. It is the best pass I have seen since Russell Wilson left the program. Like, moving pass. He is rolling out to his left and just flicks it Weird, perfectly. Right? It was beautiful. It was Weird, it, right? like, yeah, just watching him play like that. Um, good for him. I'm telling you, it was the most fireable offense that Chris had. Yeah. Was mis- misusing that kid. Yeah. And everybody's blamed the kid, too. And that's the part that's, that's probably the most upsetting is in college, you can't blame the kid. I, we just did a whole segment. Yeah. Half an hour ago about blaming the player. When you're a 38 year old quarterback in the NFL, then it's on you. When you're right. a 20 year old quarter, 21 year old quarterback in college, it's on the coach. Sorry, yeah. kids. That's how this works. Yeah. Uh, the number of people were like yelling at an 18 year old and a 19 year old the last couple of years. You're just like, leave him alone. Like, he was from Kansas. He was the biggest star in his school. He's the highest rated player ever coming out of, highest rated quarterback ever coming out of Kansas. And he's the, the he was the MVP of the uh, Army All American game and all that. He's got all this stuff going, and then he gets there and things are a little harder than he thought. And it took him some time, and he had to readjust, and he had to also adjust somewhat, probably his personality, because he was very confident. And I think he had to change his confidence from bravado to like an adult confidence. I mean, there are differences there. 18-year-old yeah, confidence is not 22-year-old confidence, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, it's a different thing. So I think hopefully he's rounding that, that corner and, um, you know, getting the Northwest, you know, Northwestern Wildcats to do that for you. That, that definitely helps. This next week is going to be weird. Um, Michigan State might be terrible, 
Um, <laughs> it's hard to tell. The Badgers are going to be on the road. How are they number 11 to start the season? That's what I want to know. Like, I think at some point they thought that... That Tom Izzo was coaching the team? Okay. Well, that Jalen Berger was going to be like Kenneth Walker, which he's not. Right. Um, he has not been. He has 308 yards rushing on 64 carries. Uh, Braylon Allen has 104, but he's got 600, uh, 634 yards. So, yeah, Jalen Berger's not that guy. And we're just seeing a lot now how much Kenneth Walker covered up all the other things that team couldn't do. Uh, but yeah, it's they're not that good right now. They're they're scoring fewer points per game. They're giving up 27 and scoring 26. That is their average game. Going into East Lansing right now, um, the ESPN predictor actually has Wisconsin with a 52.4 percent chance of winning. It's it's a toss up game. Wisconsin right. though is. Giving Wisconsin seven open. and a half, giving seven and a half on the bet line. Yeah, I was gonna say they opened as the underdog, but <sighs> it seems like by the end of this week they won't be. They're not right now. They're giving seven and a half. They're they're favored oh. by just over a touchdown. I don't know that I would do that, but I don't know Michigan State at this point. They might be terrible, and we don't know what Wisconsin is right now because we got one game under a new thing, and I love listening. Like you were talking about. Not just listening to Leonard talk because it sounds like people we know, but listening to Leonard he talk talks because... like he's from the Northwoods, John. Just like this voice right there. This yeah, voice, one, you got it. You know, you know. I pretty much. Oh, you got to go out there. Voice. You got to play football. You know, I, uh, I wanted, uh, I lost that voice when I went to school for uh, broadcasting, so I got rid of it. And uh, every once in a while, you hear it out of me, and uh, it's this one right there. <laughs> Thank you. And that uh, it's it's not it's not Green Bay. It's not Uper. Um, it's North Central Russ County, Wisconsin, Tony, Glen Flora area. It's, uh, you know, it's it was, it was a good game today. And uh, yeah, no, I, just, I heard him talk like that. And I was like, oh, my it's God, so it's great. just like all of my uncles from my mom's <laughs> side of the family. Like, yeah, my God. But the other thing I like about it is the things he said. And he said, don't stuff, you know, he said stuff like no, sorry, they ask him about the offense. And he says, man. This wasn't this wasn't me. I've been letting Bobby run that offense. Everything that happened there was his. Uh, at the end of the game, he said, "We got to we got to start with the passing game." He's like, "We got to make the run game work off the passing game. We have to start by throwing." And and I mean, like, that tells me that immediately there was an entire shift in the offensive philosophy. Mm-hmm. That yeah, we're gonna throw. We got to throw because that'll open up the run. We want to run, but the way we do that is we're gonna throw this ball. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. I have been waiting to hear that for so long. The last time we did that was when who was our offensive coordinator? Who was it? Who was it? It was Christ was the offensive coordinator when we oh, did that yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah. So no. Uh, and the other thing it's, it's is too, is that so, so I know Jimmy Leonard uh, came up through Wisconsin and the pros yeah. and is now a defensive coordinator, but from our small towns that we grew up in, we played both sides of the ball. Like, yep there's some parts of the country that do that, but a lot of the people who make it to the pros these days come up through big, big programs and Southern schools and blah, 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 whatever. And they never, they've, they've played one position their whole life, you know, or the offensive line or receiver running back or whatever. Like he did play wide receiver. I know. Cause I lined up against him you know, like face to face and just like his brothers, you know? So, um, but like he 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 understands that there's another side of the ball, you know, yeah. and it's it, it when when you grow up playing in these small towns, you when you play both sides, you understand kind of like 
yeah, you have to do that. And he's right. Cause as a defensive coordinator, he knows what kills his defense and that's having yeah. it out on the field all game <laughs> long. What was it? Two years ago? Like they started off the year, like they, they lost to what was it? Notre, was it Notre Dame? They lost like 15 to 14 or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was just year. like, and, and, and you know, I, I want to say it with the Brewers and the Packers and the Badgers, like at least the Badgers haven't gotten blamed on Jimmy Leonard too much, but, and his defense too much. But like at some point people start blaming the defense, like, Hey, th- they're not giving up that many points. No. Like any normal team should be able to outscore someone who only scores 14 points. Like, yeah. like just like in the playoffs last year when the Packers lost 13 to 10, it's like, well, <laughs> the defense botched that one. It's like, Nope. <laughs> they let them score 13 points and were exposed the whole game because the offense couldn't get it done. All the Brewers pitching for the last two years. Right. Well, you know, we need more of the pitching staff. Sorry. When, when you have a starter, who's got a sub 500 uh, record, but he's got an ERA, ERA under three and a half. That's not the pitcher at that point. You know, right. it's, you know, so Jimmy's got, he's figured, he knows, he knows I need the offense to stay out there. I need them to make big plays. I need them to get to the point, get ahead early so I can have my defense pin their ears back and just go after the quarterback and not have to guess, you know, not let them dictate the game, mm-hmm. dictate the game on offense. Then the defense can dictate, dictate the defensive side of the ball because they know exactly what the other team's going to do. Did that make any sense? It did. I love that. Let's end with that here for for our uh, football coverage for the <laughs> day. You. And that's that's a good note to end on, I think. So uh, thank you again for joining us. This has been our, our football section of our weekly podcast. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at ScottyJohnnyPod, uh, at NotSoHumbleHost, and at CheddarTalk. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.